Hey everyone, Josh here. Quick question for you. Do you like coffee? Even more important question, do you like fresh coffee? Coffee that's roasted to order and doesn't taste like the bottom of your kitchen oven. If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you need to head over to McQuanoCoffee.com and get yourself some of the best coffee there is to get. Whether you like the light roast or the dark roast or you're feeling a little whimsical and you want to get that sample pack, McQuano Coffee Roasters has everything you need. And just when you thought this couldn't get any sweeter, make sure to use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. Do yourself a favor and stop drinking bad coffee because you know what? Life's too short for that. Head on over to McQuanoCoffee.com and use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. You will not regret it. Thanks, and now on to the show. What's wrong with you people? How do y'all feel this morning? Why do you always make me define what you meant? Lucky, that's how I feel. I don't know why you're clapping. I'm talking about you. Welcome to the Reformatory Podcast, where we explain everything you ever wanted to know about life, theology, culture, and economics. My name is Daniel Corey. I am a pastor at King's Cross Church in Kirkland, Washington. And I am Josh Loftus, member at King's Cross Church in Kirkland, Washington. And Daniel, my friend, happy National Creative Ice Cream Flavors Day. That's a long one. That's a tough one. It's it's a long one, yeah. But if you could, if you could, what what's the most creative flavor of ice cream you ever had? Um, Earl Grey tasted Did it like, taste like paint. <laughs> no, it it actually tasted like if you close your eyes, it was um, Fruit Loops. That makes no sense. No, but it was awesome. Okay, I've All also right. had uh, what's the one named after the flower, the purple flower? Hibiscus. Lavender. Oh, lavender. That tasted like licking soap. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure you know exactly what that tastes like too. Yeah. <laughs> so Daniel, uh, I want to I want to pull back the curtain for our for our audience and okay. and bring them in. Bring them into our lives. No. Bring them into the relationship that you and I have as friends yeah. and as brothers. Um, we have a major disagreement. Is there a difference between pulling back the curtain and airing dirty laundry? No, same. Well, yes, there is. Airing dirty laundry is always drama. It's always bad. Pulling back the curtain can be good or bad. Gotcha. The one is more specific than the so other. So we'll, we'll find out after this conversation which one we did. Well, I think it. I think I think airing dirty laundry is more more specific to this because you and I have a major disagreement. Yeah. Probably might be the biggest disagreement we've ever had. Mm-hmm. You think Beth Moore is amazing. <laughs> and I said, no. That was so random. No, it has nothing to do with that. Um, no, the problem is you think Christopher Nolan's movie Interstellar is amazing. And I think it's mm-hmm. his worst one. You think it's so first off, can we agree? Let's set some boundaries. Okay. Uh, for like protection. Yes. <laughs> yes. 
And we agree, Christopher Nolan, greatest director of all time. Of all time? All time. Oh, boy. Oh, man. I mean, okay, for, for the benefit of unity, I will give you that right now. I do reserve the right to, re, to rescind that if I need to. But sure, sure, yeah. Who's the guy who did the, who did the uh, Lord of the Rings? Peter Jackson. Yeah, so he forfeited the rights to that when he made the Hobbit trilogy, which was well, deplorable. I think Christopher Nolan might have forfeited his rights when he made Interstellar. Shut it. So okay, you said that Interstellar was the worst Christopher Nolan movie. It I'm going to argue. I'm going to argue that Memento is, uh, or I think didn't he also do Insomnia? Interstellar is amazing. Interstellar is trash. Interstellar it's is trash. is four hours of Matthew McConaughey crying. He only cries and, like twice. Dude, it is. No, he cries when he's driving in the wheat field and he cries when he's around all the books and he cries when he's watching his daughter on the spaceship when she's like 24. And then he cries when so-and-so gets like zapped into... Oh, and freaking Matt Damon. Matt Damon shows up out of nowhere, which throws me every single time I Why? watch it. Because it's such a weird role for Matt Damon. It's like, oh, no, he, and boom, Jason Bourne's on Mars. No, it's and, like you, you want to find the self-consumed, prideful, arrogant dude. Who's the first guy that comes to mind? Matt Damon. Yeah, that's... Yeah, I was going to say Tom Cruise, but but sure. He was busy. He he was busy. <laughs> he he let this role go. He's like, oh wait wait, I'm not the I'm not the main character. Oh no no no, sorry sorry, I'm not not about that. But no no no, Interstellar's dude. It's not. It's literally like it's got some cool visuals. I'll give him that. It's got some cool visuals. I'm and not, actually, the scientific has... community took the 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 computer algorithm that that Christopher Nolan used to create what a black hole looks like. Yeah, the scientific community actually took that, and they're like, "Yeah, this is actually pretty scientifically correct." This is what yeah. It he worked with like. some real dudes on it. He did. I'm not saying I'm not saying he's not some cool parts. It's just it's his most boring movie. It's so boring. Best soundtrack of all of his movies, dude. It's there's no soundtrack. It's literally just bar. No, it's uh, actually heavy organ. Dude, and it's, that's if you not watch a the, soundtrack. If it's you watch it behind the scenes, me on the there's organ. themes, there's motifs. Uh, the reason that uh, Hans Zimmer used the organ in this is because he was trying to capture a, a, elements of religious music, church music, because yeah. church music tries to grasp at what is beyond them. And the movie is about reaching for what's beyond. And so he picked that and he picked the organ because the organ is like the only instrument that breathes. Uh, like a human. Uh, well, that's not true. The accordion. Other ones just blow. No, the accordion. Organs breathe. The accordion <laughs> breathe. Okay, the accordion. Yeah, thank you. The hurdy gurdy. No. I actually uh, love the hurdy gurdy. The hurdy gurdy's got some. So it's got some cool. And but and I will I will take my, I will take it back. Interstellar does have a cool soundtrack. It's Inception. That's the that's the one I'm thinking of. That's just the the low like horn. Yes, yeah. but Inception's amazing. Inception's a fantastic movie. Okay, why don't we agree on that? And then like so on Interstellar, the scene with the giant wave. You got to admit, first time you saw it, you were like, "Oh dang, that's a big wave." And that's a big awesome. wave. So I have a yeah, I've got some like it's a weird phobia of like huge waves. I think it, but I love the ocean i don't know yeah i didn't like that scene 
Like the only thing that could have made that worse is they're like like sharks in the wave. <laughs> but that wouldn't make sense. There being sharks on some. Like, Lauren, I don't like this movie. <laughs> I don't like this movie. Can we can we watch can we watch Batman? I want to watch Batman. So speaking anyway. of fun things, yes, like, fun like things. movies. Yes, church shopping also. Oh, fun. dude, I can't. So sometimes I will, and don't take this the wrong way. Sometimes I will just church shop like online as like something to do like window shopping but it's like churches. window shopping it's like it's like surfing amazon but for churches we you need do. we need a church shopping like like data hub that we can just scroll through and look at pictures of like the churches and pictures of the pastors and like rate them <laughs> uh, uh so that took a weird turn but uh <laughs> you're the one that said window shopping <laughs> no i said shopping for churches all right do you ever go and like get the free like swag bag and free latte at the coffee shop like just go and be like like i'm just here for the swag i'm just here for the swag yeah totally yeah how often do you is that why you miss church so much yeah yeah dude i'm checking out other churches and it's not because i want to go to another church it's just, just because the swag bag. like you can rate the church Based on the swag bag they give new visitors, you can. So, like, what what are things that like you walk into a building? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that like reach out and touch you. Uh, well, That's hopefully not nothing. <laughs> hopefully nothing reaches out and touches me um, when I enter into the church building. Swag uh, bag was not worth it. Yeah, if that happens, then leave immediately. Um, shiplap. That talks to you. It's got to be shiplap. It's got to be the like, like distressed. I almost said depressed, but the, I, need, I, I need some depressed shiplap. <laughs> you, t- you took a, you took a hammer and a screwdriver to that thing and went. Yes. Went like, like, like I want it to look like a guy with an MDiv who has no uh, experience building things. Put that shiplap up on gotcha. a Saturday. Okay. Yeah. Dangle that, lights. That's what I want to Yes or at. no. Yes, you need the hanging dangle lights with like the Edison bulbs. That is an absolute you, must. You want that orangey yellow. You don't want the clear light. You, you want don't want the clear yellow. light. The clear light's harsh. It convicts people. It reminds people that they are darkness. You don't want that. You want the mm-hmm. art. You want the the orange light that creates the glow, creates the atmosphere, and dare I say, creates an ethos. The ethos. That's what we're getting to here, Daniel. We coffee, need an coffee ethos. stand, yay or nay? Oh, oh, of course. It needs to be one of the first things you see complimentary or just like free for all like government Um, handouts or kind of here's the thing this is what you need you need a coffee stand where there are people behind the coffee stand making coffees fresh for you i'm talking pour overs i'm talking lattes i'm talking french press i'm talking if you if that old guy comes in and wants this folgers you have a little corner in in the in the stand that'll make him a cup of folgers you need to have something for everybody. Equal opportunity. Copy yes. Okay. Equal opportunity. Yeah. Um, drums. Uh, drums are a, a must. must. Okay. Here, here's what you need, though. It needs to be a simplified drum set. If the drum set's too big, you're just at a at a consumer church that's just trying to be the next like like Overlake, right? You don't need that. It needs to be the broken down drum set. The one tom, one snare, hi hat. That's about it. No cage. If it's what got a cage around it, the drummer don't know what he's doing. 
Is it Cajon? Like, eh, I see what you're trying to do. Cajones are only for communion Sundays. Because you're because you're creating you're creating yes you have an unplugged set for 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 uh, for communion Sundays you're creating the the ethos. There's such a thing called a communion Sunday that is different from a regular Sunday. Is not good. It's well, they're out there. They're out there. But no, 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 yeah, it's the ethos, and that's just the building. Like, let's start getting into the staff. Oh gosh. Right. So when when you walk in, you gotta have the haircut. The you gotta have jeans, the short the roll up at the bottom so you can see he's wearing leather boots. Yes, yeah, it's gotta mm-hmm. be it's gotta be the fancy boots with with a harsh toe, like tan, like like the first thing. Like here's the thing, when I walk in and I see a pastor, if the first thing my eyes are not drawn to are his shoes, leave. Just how leave. did you ever stay at our church? Um. Michael must have been preaching on Sunday. Yeah, Michael was, <laughs> yeah, Michael's got some fly shoes. And yeah, then when you got up there, I was like, you know what? I can fix this man. I'm going to make him my project. So, Josh, if you were to uh, be asked by someone like, what are you looking for? Would, would these sorts of things be on the list? Absolutely not. No. Are not, any of these? Not one of them. <laughs> except maybe the dangly lights. Dangly lights are cool. I and like ship dangly lab. lights. I ain't hating on it. I ain't hating on shiplap. But no, not a single... <laughs> something on that list that i just spewed out of out of nowhere the depths of darkness the depths of darkness of my soul no um, none of them are important th- those those would be like icing on the cake but not the cake oh yeah itself. yeah i mean i mean they ain't bad they ain't gonna hurt you're, you're not, if someone hands you a coffee and a swag bag you're not gonna say no 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 in fact that's actually pretty cool when you make <laughs> yeah. new visitors feel very very welcome <laughs> So what sort of, I'm sure you've been asked it. I know I've been asked it a lot mm-hmm. recently um, and in the past, but when someone asks like, Hey, what sorts of things do I look for in a church? Do you like, that's a, that's a big question. That's not that's a, huge. that's not a small, like, Oh, Hey, you know, just stay in your denomination. Cause we're not super into that, but um, no. there's a lot of considerations. Now, before we launch into this topic, I do want to say this is not, I hope that most of our listeners are faithfully attending their church and members of that church and the church is super solid. And as we go through this list, it will encourage them. Boom. I go to a great church. Boom. I love my church. That's right. I love my church even more. I'm at the right spot. Mm -hmm. I'm hoping that that is where most, if not all of our listeners are at, but since we do live in a fallen world and there's times where, we have to leave a church or we're moving. Uh, a recent one that I heard was, like I said, someone moved out of state and asked what should they be looking at a church. Another one's I met someone from out of state who doesn't think the church she's going to is solid. Mm. And so <clears throat> there's a lot of really valid reasons to do this. Our goal in this is not to make people more critical in the negative sense of their church. That's not. No, 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 no. No, no, no. And, and, and honestly, like, I want to, I want to commend the question. Like, like this is, this is in, in my opinion, one of the most important questions that you can ask both for yourself individually and, and for your family, if you happen to be married, um, this, where you go to church, uh, and where you attend, where you gather with the body of Christ is, and you know what, I'm, I'm personally going to say probably the, the most important thing 
one of the most important decisions that you can make as an individual. Because, and, and most people say like other than salvation, but ha, psych, not your decision. Oh, <laughs> oh. So yes, other than maybe who you marry, because uh, that's, that's, that's pretty that's big. big. That's that, big. that can have some lasting consequences. Uh, yeah. Where you go to church, I think is, is right under that. It's so important. Yeah. I, uh, I told someone who asked it this week, um, I said, I cannot think of something that has a greater impact on your spiritual life than the church you attend. Like I look back over my life, how I've grown. um, Nothing can be a greater source of blessing or a greater source of hurt hurt, uh, than a solid church or a terrible one. And so we thought, hey, let's do a mini series on will it be mini? <laughs> what's that how many eps is a mini series to you <laughs> uh under 20 oh. <laughs> all right so this is this is gonna be a, <laughs> a mini series from the bbc <laughs> yeah yes exactly <laughs> this is gonna be the anne of green gables of, of podcast mini series don't hate don't hate that junk is legitimate okay okay all right don't hate I, I won't touch that one i feel I like you were hating i feel like there was I'm a not, tone i'm not gonna, like there i'm not gonna hate it no 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 downton abbey though if you haven't seen that that there you go Moving why on. is why is the abbey getting doubted no downton not doubted <laughs> it's I downton. the name of that all along <laughs> You thought um, the whole time it was doubting Abby. Doubting like, Abby, I don't know who Abby was, but she who is trust Abby, her. and why is she not trustworthy? Dude, how do you make a whole show about someone who's not trustworthy? <laughs> doubting Abby, <laughs> or she's like doubting Thomas, and she's the one that's that's not trustworthy. She just she, can't believe. She just doesn't trust anybody. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. I, either or, right, I, yeah, either or. All so right. for both of us, one of the first things that was at the top of the list when we talk about churches to be considered would be the uh, ministry of the word that takes place at that church. Yes. Yeah. Right? It, it really is where, where goes the pulpit, there goes the church. I, I truly believe that. Yeah. Well, if, if God's word is not being faithfully preached, you cannot consider this. Well, number one, it's not a church. Right. Number right. two, you should not go to the, that place. No. So if God's word is not faithfully, regularly, uh, we would say expositionally being preached, um, there. you shouldn't go there. No, right? no, no, no. Like bare minimum, the Bibles need to open. <laughs> the Bible, the word of God needs to be uh, central uh, in the church service. If you're going to a church and the Bible's never open or or I'll even say there's there's a light sprinkling of verses here and there. Um, that is that that is that's worse. That's not yeah. That's not good. That's not good. So Daniel, when we're talking about um, the word of God being preached and the word of God being present and the word of God being central, what what comes to your mind when you think about how that how that practically kind of outflows? Well, it'd mean that there would be dedicated time. <clears throat> on a on a Lord's Day, where the Word of God is given voice, where it's opened, read, and explained, and then applied to God's people. So that that minimally needs to happen. It needs to be read in the hearing of all. Um, Paul talks about that to Timothy, uh, saying that that is not to be neglected. 
Um, it is to be explained properly mm-hmm. in its context, in its historic context, in it where it finds itself in the kind of the arc of redemption. And it needs to be then applied to the hearers. Yeah. And if you're missing those things, uh, you don't have you don't have a ministry of the word there. So if right. if I let's just say let's if I were to open the Bible, read a passage, and then talk out whatever I wanted, that is not preaching. That is not the word speaking. That is my ideas yeah. Yeah. cloaked in scripture. Right. It it just turns into a it just turns into a TED talk at that point. Like like you're just you're just giving people what you think they they should know. And not what God demands they know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So but that's why it's important that it be explained, like that that be modeled. Um, so, and, so we, sorry, sorry. No, go for it. We used a term that I think a lot of people might not know um, expositional. about. Yes. When we talk about expositional preaching or expository preaching, um, what are we talking about? Because for a lot of people, and I know for me growing up, like it was just, I mean, preaching was preaching. You were either an engaging preacher and you kept my attention or you didn't. And I didn't have any type of uh, barometer um, when I was young of, of uh, knowing, okay, what is, what is topical preaching? What is expositional preaching? Uh, you know, what is this expository preaching that you speak of? So I'm 12 years old. I was probably 10, 10 years old sitting here. I don't know what that means. Teach me. Mm-hmm. Expository preaching means preaching that takes a long time. <laughs> okay, MacArthur. <laughs> if you, if it can't be done in an hour, minutes. <laughs> don't do it. If you aren't breaking that that 55-minute mark every Sunday, are, are you even preaching? You should, you, you're not, actually. Did you no. even open the Bible? <laughs> Now, expository preaching literally means to, to to draw out of the text, to explain yes. the text, and to draw out its meaning. So we would say every text of Scripture has a spirit, uh, a meaning that the Spirit intended for that text. So it's not what does this text mean to you? Oh, cut that ouch. cut that question short. What does this text mean? There you go. So expository question or a- answers that question. Um, what the text means to you is mm-hmm. super irrelevant. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, yeah. I care more exactly. what the there's, spirit there's, meant. Yes. Yep. 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 So there's, we, we want to draw those things out. Yeah. Yo, there, yeah. There's many applications and they yeah. vary to the but one my person. Yeah. Right. And, and those applications must be tied to that one meaning. Yes. You can't be like, so what this is saying is I should go buy that car. You know? I know. And then just come nope. out of left field and be like, no, no. that's that, that's what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> the Bible didn't say that. <laughs> yeah. No. So that's what we, we have in mind with <clears throat> with explaining the text. And, and the reason we want to do that is because it gives the Bible its – well, it doesn't give it. We don't give the Bible anything. It proclaims. It recognizes the Bible's authority. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you are, here's the thing, like take, take a topical sermon, right? Most topical sermons, you have the topic that you want to preach on. And then you're like, okay, let's go find what the Bible says about, about this. And, and then, and then it, it, it is like a sprinkling, it's a sprinkling of Bible verses on a topic that you want to talk about with expositional preaching. 
what it does is it forces you, and I, and I, I use the word forces, uh, I think, correctly like it keeps you in the text you don't go and and some some do this better than others obviously but 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 it makes the bible as the primary source for what you are teaching that day yeah and even if you're going to do a topical sermon like let's say that there's which aren't always bad no i think there's a good time and a place for it like uh Mm -hmm. before we had the election between trump and hillary I did a topical on On why everyone should vote for Trump. I remember that sermon. You weren't even there. Um, I still feel like I remember it. Your creative memory. (laughs) I'm sure you do. (laughs) Um, But I wanted to talk about kingship. Mm, So I had a topic and I went and found a text that addressed it. And then I exposited that text. There you go. There you go. And so that's the way we think that even topical should be done is to say, what does we need to talk about this as a, as a people? So what does, what the, does Bible the Bible say? say? Let's find a text now. Let's expose that text. Yep. And I took the text where it says that God is in the heavens and He does whatever He pleases. Ooh, ooh, spicy! And then I, I bet wrapped that, it. I, I bet closed that by wrapping that Shailin. Our God is in the heavens. I'm just teasing. I didn't. End the I was gonna say that. like yeah that that that. <laughs> That gets added to, you know, that list we made at the beginning. I'm going to add that that to it. If your pastor isn't rapping from the pulpit. <laughs> so bad. But one of the reasons we do that, so all of this flows out of a previous topic we've covered, which is Sola Scriptura, mm-hmm. and that the Bible alone is authoritative. And so that belief should be reflected in the life of a church. So when people gather on the Lord's Day, they should not. I'd say they should not, because sadly they often do. They gather to hear the thoughts and opinions of a man. That should not be the case. When we gather on the Lord's Day, we should say, we want to hear from God. And so what does God say from his word? And so it it recognizes and submits to the authority of the scripture and says, like, we don't really care what men think. Mm-hmm. We want to know what God has said, what God has revealed. And so that's, that must be primary. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I mean it. Yeah. Yeah. It has to, because it, here's the thing, the, the, the consequences of not doing that, the consequences of going to a church or being a preacher or sitting under preaching where it is man's opinion and not God's word are horrific Mm -hmm. and they never ever not once lead to anything profitable anything good or anything that is going to benefit the christian spiritually because my opinions are faulty any opinion that i have is correct is correct because it's actually grounded in scripture not because it's my opinion yeah right um so yeah and, we have and to if we're, and we're not gathering to hear opinion of a, of a man that, that also helps guard against, doesn't totally prevent it, but it helps guard against a personality-driven church. Yeah, yeah. We're and sad, talk about that under leadership. Oh, gosh, yeah, that's that's a whole can of worms. That's a whole can of right? worms. But, yes, so, it, it, it does guard against it, however it does happen. It, do, it still happens. It still happens. But it, if the, the goal is I want to hear from God, <clears throat> it doesn't matter quite as much who the guy explaining the text is it's God's word. Right. So like, obviously there are better and 
poorer preachers of God's word. Yes, you're right. But if but if people don't show up on a Sunday because the main guy's out and a gifted, capable brother is yeah. preaching the word, you have a major problem. That is a huge problem. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And yeah, that is that is that is obviously shaping a church into your own image and not the image of God, right? So that We'll get into that when, when we get into biblical leadership. But uh, yeah, yeah, no, the, the, the word of God must remain the authority. It mm-hmm. must be the reason why people are there. Um, another, I think, uh, benefit or, 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 or good consequence of expository preaching is that if you're doing it correctly, you preach the entire counsel of God. Mm-hmm. You're actually preaching through the Bible. Um, and I know we make fun of MacArthur a lot, but the dudes preach the whole Bible. Uh, the, the, he's preached the whole the, New Testament. Uh, well, the whole New Testament. I thought it was the whole Bible. No, so, just the New Testament. Uh, well, that's still impressive. <laughs> <laughs> I know he wrote commentaries still, on, the, on the New Testament. Yeah, It's still a big deal. Has anybody ever preached the whole Bible? J. Vernon McGee. McGee? He oh, he would preach it in like three years, and then start oh, over again. That's says so something else. That's that that's something <laughs> else. That's like that's like John Piper level preaching. Well, no, no, no. Piper is actually the opposite. Never mind. Like, moving on, moving on. You preach the whole counsel of God, and by that we mean it avoids hobby horses. Yeah, there are there are texts I've had to preach. I would never have picked that text. Right, but They're it like, forces ooh. Head coverings, yes. <laughs> oh, you know what I mean? Or Lot and ooh. his daughters, yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's the best. Let's, let's exegete that. <laughs> it's so messed up. Yeah, but there, there, there are texts where you're just like, uh, this is a weird story. <laughs> yep. This is weird. Yep. Well, you know, and, and there are sometimes where that appropriate, like, pastoral email goes out to all the parents and be like, hey, just so y'all know, we're talking about, you know, X, Y, and Z today. Use your discretion. <laughs> I, I've seen a few of those emails. Uh, um, so, so what's an example of a hobby horse that, that you have seen either people or, or preachers get on uh, when it comes to preaching? Calvinism. Oh, dude, like, like preaching Calvinism in every sermon? Every sermon should be about Calvinism. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, there's that. No. Um, and I'm trying to think of other hobby horses, dude. Uh, eschatology, end times. That's true. Yeah. How the rapture? How how end times is is every every is text every text. every text is about the, is well, about. Hey, when you don't have a real rapture text, you got to make them up out of anything. <laughs> you know, it's like one of those like if I say it enough, I'll even believe it. <laughs> I still remember uh, the vice president of the seminary talking to us from uh uh what is it it's it's john chapter 16 or 14 where he says i go to prepare a place to you okay or for you and if i go to prepare a place to you i will come again right 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 for where i am there you shall be he's like rapture text see you're like you're like what what where he says he's coming to get you and then you're gonna be where well, he is well yeah but and then but, he's gonna but come where? Again. But no, no, no. But but where? <laughs> I still remember. He's like, "This is one of the biggest texts we have," and I was like, "If that's oh, the biggest, no." 
I am at the wrong school. <laughs> just keep your head down and your mouth shut just, just and get your paper done. <laughs> stay low. Um, stay the but it, it, yeah, we get to teach the whole council. So if, you know, if a text is um, uh, like John chapter one, verse somewhere in the teens there where it says uh, who were born, not of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of the will mm-hmm. of God phenomenal calvinistic text you should preach calvinism from that text you totally should um not so much from other texts where it's talking about christ tabernacling among us right glory of god revealed we shouldn't be like so there lot his daughters grace (laughs) yeah oh Oh, how is this calvinistic i don't i don't i know stop we're not going down this road (laughs) We're not going to I'm trying way. to hook you. Come here, Daniel. No. Come here. Yes. Join me. Stop it. Join me in the doctor. Um, so where uh, the Bible surfaces those topics yeah. and themes, you should preach boldly and unashamedly on them. Oh, yeah. Where it does not. You should preach boldly and unashamedly the what the text says. Whatever it is. <laughs> if you ramrod your thoughts into a text, it's not to exegesis. It's the eisegesis. Eisegesis. Right. Which can sometimes preach uh, extra Jesus. Extra. Oh. <laughs> Look at this. I have a rapping pastor. Boom. Boom. So uh, teaches God's whole counsel. That's important because we want to hear everything God has said. Has God revealed things that we shouldn't, like that we don't need to know? No, he's not. No. Everything no. he's revealed, we should know. Yep. Even that sin has terrible consequences as seen in Lot and his daughters in the cave. And so you see, man, sometimes our sin has consequences consequences that affect way more people than just us. I would say most, most often. I I don't know of any sins that just affect you. Your sin's always going to affect somebody else. Oh, for sure. But it it affected like, people nations <laughs> yeah maybe yeah. not always nations yeah josh is well, like yeah. no i am no, that i important. i i am inevitable <laughs> i knew you were gonna quote that i, I knew I, oh you served it up for me baby come on Teed it up. Uh, so all right so the bi- it keeps so expositional preaching keeps the bible as the authority mm-hmm. it preaches the whole counsel of god everything that in, is in the bible is god breathed mm-hmm. profitable and useful right mm-hmm. um finally or finale. Well, well, there's a there's a sub point there. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It teaches people hermeneutics. Oh, it teaches people how to yeah. actually study and engage with the text. Weird that we oh, would dude. try to do that. I hope that folks who listen week in and week out to the preaching from our pulpit, whether it's me or uh, Pastor Kelly or Pastor Ray or anyone who fills our pulpit, I hope that they're seeing here's how to properly understand the text in its context and then apply it. And if you sit under that long enough, you start to learn how to do that, even if you don't really know that that's what's happening. Right. And in your own Bible reading, you start to realize, oh, what's the context? Oh, I remember this. I'm looking, I'm looking for these kind of themes. Oh, look, that's how I can apply it to my life. Yeah. You should be learning how to study the Bible. Um, yeah. And- well, 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 it teaches you how to engage with the specific text. In the way that the specific, excuse me, specific text intended, you're mm-hmm. not going to engage with Romans the same way you do with uh, Song of Song Solomon. Of songs. I, dude, look at us! Look at us! What is happening Whoa. today? 
This is amazing. Yeah, I mean, two completely different books of the Bible that are intended to be interactive, interacted with completely differently. Because they're different genres. Because they're different genres, right? It like, like the exact same way that you would engage in different genres of music or different genres of books or different genres in movies, mm-hmm. scripture like has different genres in it that are meant to be read into and taken differently based mm-hmm. on who the author is and what the author is intending. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just we just finished uh, Ephesians mm-hmm. a little bit ago. It was good. Very didactic, epistolary genre. Heavy, heavy uh, theology. Heavy theology. Yep. Heavy application. Yep. We're setting our course for the book of Daniel. Very different. Apocalyptic literature. Yep. Uh, sequential visions. Eschatology uh, in every es- sermon. Eschatological times. Yep. Yep. Um, most of which have already happened. But... Um, <laughs> You should preach those differently. Uh, very. And so yeah. <laughs> in Ephesians, I was taking... Very literal. Well, very literal, but also small pieces. Like there, was, there were yeah. sections where I would take like one verse, especially like the armor section. I remember that. You, uh, you loved it. You're like, it was, take a half a verse. It was, quarter it. Quarter that like a chicken. Pull the, pull, <laughs> pull the preacher and be like, all right, today we are taking the greeting. Greetings to the church in Thessalonica. Now, who was Thessalonica? <laughs> That's such a John MacArthur. Yeah, um, I know, I know. <laughs> but I'm I'm looking at taking half to whole chapters in Daniel. You have to because you can't break you them have up. To. You, you can't break them up. And 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 what you will find this is interesting. And it's not not across. The, I don't want to say it's across the board, but you find that a lot with Old Testament books. Mm-hmm. Is that you you have to take larger portions because most of it is narrative. Most of it isn't in letter form. It's not meant to be viewed uh, through a more application theological lens. It's a, it's a story of like, like this is what happened. And then this happened and then this happened and then this, and you have to take them in larger sections. It would be like pausing the Lord of the Rings, that scene where it's Frodo sitting in the tree and then pausing it before Gandalf arrives and be like, so what do we know? What do we know? And then try to apply that to our life. It just yeah. it wouldn't work. It's like no, no. You have you have to take it as a whole. And at least like, get to okay. the part where they're laughing awkwardly together. <laughs> at least get to that. At least get to where he says a wizard is never late because you got yes. some meat there. Yeah, yeah. We got some meat that we can <laughs> we can exegete. <laughs> exegete. Uh, yeah. La- no. Last that's one, exactly Josh. Right. So you got it. perhaps. Well, they're all important. I'm not gonna. I, I'm not gonna create a hierarchy. Just but, say your favorite. One, okay, it's my favorite. That's totally it's subjective. And yeah, it is. It's true. It's it's true. It's true. It's my favorite. Expository preaching, if done correctly, I will give that caveat because there's some that 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 don't do this, and I don't know how it happens. Honestly, I'm always surprised. I'm always surprised at the talent. Like, how can you preach expositionally and not have this happen? It's amazing. Um, it keeps Christ at the center of every sermon that your job as a preacher wherever you are in the bible whether you're in romans whether you're in song of songs whether you're in lamentations your job is to show your congregation christ in that passage and the entirety of scripture itself is christ 
not from John 1. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. You cannot separate Christ and his Word. So your job as the preacher and the job and what good expositional preaching does is that it shows you Jesus Christ and his glorious gospel mm-hmm. in every text that you're in. And that every, every sermon preached should be somehow, some way. And again, not force it, like be like, no, so no. the rock that David used, that's Jesus. That was Jesus. Yeah. Like, no. um, you can, you can overextend. I think David is, is supposed to be Jesus in this, that he's the son of David. Well, then what's the rock? It's just a, just <laughs> just a, a rock. rock, dude. Just it's, a rock. It's, it's, it's a smooth rock. <laughs> but uh, I think it was, I think it was the good Dr. Uh, Richard Sibbs. He said uh, that preaching is the chariot that takes Christ around the world. Oh, bro. You can hit me without, without warning me. Uh, Come on, man. Oh, parades so, him. Dude, I will, I will, I'll throw one back at you. You ready for this? this I'm ready. One of my, this is one of my, um, if ever I get into ministry again, I want this like wood burned into the pulpit. Or tattooed into your arm. <clears throat> oh, there we go. That'd be a, that'd be a legit tattoo actually. Anyway, it's from my man, Sea <laughs> Spurge. Sea Spurge. What do you say? He says, no Christ in your sermon, sir then go home, never preach again until you have something worth preaching. Dang, bro. Dude, if you as a pastor do not preach Christ in every sermon, if you do not take that passage of scripture and as quickly as you can make a beeline to the gospel, you have nothing worth preaching because that is the point of preaching is Christ and his gospel. That is a sick quote. Um, It's legit. I I knew who he had a replica pulpit of Spurgeon's. His congregation got it for him. Yeah. And then they they had etched into the top, like his notes would be there, and then it'd stand above his notes. Yeah. It's the quote from John chapter 12 from the Gentiles. Sir, we wish to see Jesus. We wish to see Jesus. Dude, and here's the thing. like, Real talk. That quote changed the way that I preached. Mm. Because I always just like, my thought of preaching was just, I'm just going to go verse by, like, like I did it exegetically and expositionally. I went verse by verse. I just went down. And then when we got to the end of the verse, I said, okay, we're going to pick up there next week. We're going to pick up there next week. That quote rocked me. And I was like, I have been missing the point mm-hmm. that my job when I preach is to make, is to show people in his word, how glorious Christ and his gospel are. That mm-hmm. is what I am called to do as a preacher. Right. And I've had, I've had conversations with individuals, pastors even that say, well, I mean, wouldn't that, wouldn't that get, wouldn't that get dry? after every, every <laughs> Sunday. At, at, like, like wouldn't people start to get bored of hearing the gospel in every sermon? If so, and, their oh, souls are sick. Oh my goodness. Like there is nothing more glorious, nothing more than I need than to, than to hear Christ and to see Christ in the text jumping out at me through good expositional preaching. There is nothing better you can do for your congregation than that. Well, how do you do that in text like real quick? How do you then text like your favorite text that you've been bringing up today? Like, 
where is Jesus in that cave? Sure, sure, and yeah, and and, and again, you don't want to, you don't want you don't want to uh, you don't want to uh, you don't want to force it. But I like just off the top of my head, Jesus is not in that cave. He's not. <laughs> He's not in that cave. Sin is in that cave. Yeah. The effects of the fall are in that cave, mm-hmm. and the reason that cave happened is because we are in desperate, desperate need of Christ. Yeah. <laughs> like well, like, and and Lot shows up in Hebrews eleven, right? Uh, oh yeah, he does. Oh yes. Hall of Faith. There you go. There you Jesus go. Look at that saves. whole council, dude. The whole Jesus, council. Jesus saves people like this. Yeah. Sin wrecked people. Says, Jesus wants the rose. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a big Chandler guy, but I'll yeah. take your word on it. Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good place to stop. But yeah, no, no. You, whether you're listening to this and you're uh, whether you're listening to this and you're a pastor. Or whether you're listening to this and you're a congregation and you're, and you're listening to preaching, um, listen, listen to the preaching. Is it setting, is it showing you the authority of the Bible? Mm-hmm. Is it preaching the entire counsel of God? Are they not skipping things because it's awkward or, or passing over things because it doesn't fit the narrative? Are they preaching everything? Dude, I heard of one church, they preached yeah. Daniel 1 through 6 and stopped. And then stopped? Oh, because gosh. seven through twelve is controversial. Oh my goodness! Are you like, serious? Like that's not made up. I heard that recently. That's horrible. Yeah. So don't don't do that. If your church is doing that, that's that that's that's a sign of an issue. And then finally, are you given Christ and His gospel every Sunday? And if the answer to those is yes, then you stay at that church. Mm-hmm. If you're looking for a church, I'm comfortable saying use these as your barometer at least in the preaching mm-hmm. of this church glorifies God and preaches Christ. That's, I think, I think these are good, good steps to look for. Mm-hmm. Well, we are, we're going to hope to continue this uh, series looking at things that we look for at a church, but you can, yeah. I'm excited, meantime, man. In the intervening time. Yep. You can follow us on all the sociables on Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat. Josh is nope, putting snaps nope, out nope. there. We're not, we're not on Snapchats. Nope. Nope. Zipper. Nope. nope. That's not a thing. That's not a thing. Led nope. Zeppelin. Uh, that is a thing. Uh, that's Instagram. A, that, that's good. Yes. Instagram. There you go. I knew you and hit it sooner or later. Have, and we have, is the, is the giveaway still Dude, open? the giveaway is still going. So here's the thing. Yes. We are giving away a set of Charles Spurgeon's The Treasury of David. It's a three volume set. It's awesome. Fantastic resource, whether you're in ministry or not, just read it. Um, and that giveaway is being uh, given away on July 10th, Friday, July 10th. And uh, in order to enter, uh, you comment on the post, you like our page, you follow us, comment a friend, every friend you tag is another entry. And uh, I know at least on our Facebook one, we're up to about 800 comments. And Daniel, you are going to be reading all of those. I'm, I'm giving you that job. Is it true? That in one of those volumes, there is hidden away a handwritten letter from Charles Spurgeon himself. That's not true. That's not true because I, I personally searched those volumes for that letter so that I would keep it. But I've been telling people that there that's a thing. Oh, so you've been telling maybe that's why we have so many comments. Okay. You need to you need to get I'm one and make need, it happen. I'm okay, I will do my best. I will see if I can like, make a forgery. Write, write one up. I, I'm just going to forge one. I'm going to print one off of like Google images. It's still going to have like the little yeah. watermark on it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, True. get in on that giveaway. It's an awesome set. And we're going to be doing more giveaways because uh, give people like free stuff. I like giving people free stuff. 
That's what CHOP is all about. That's what CHOP is all about. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, on that note, thank you all for listening. And uh, we will catch you next week on The Reformatory.